Were you an athlete, school teacher, or maybe worked in a corporate world? Our careers, they tend to be the way that we identify ourselves. Now what happens when that identity is taken from you? We found ours in real estate. Now let us help you find yours on a free agent real estate investing podcast. Starting now. Welcome to the free agent real estate investing podcast. I'm your co-host, Stratton Brown. And I'm your other co-host, Michael Butler, man. Thank you guys for joining us again. And we got the main video pastor, Jake, recording us. My man, Jake, in the back, my staying man. us with the clips and shit. We couldn't get the camera, though. So we, I wanted to get a camera on Jake, and then I wanted to get, I'm going to get HDMI running into that. So we can, so we can show, so we can so show we can Jake, show, too? Yeah. Well, I want to see ourselves. No, so like if we want to pull something up like Joe Rogan, but hey, Jake, pull that shit up. <laughs> and then we have something pull up. Pull that shit up, Jake. So what's going on, man? What's 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 new, man? You got you got, got my man Frank's bring the juice hat on, bro. You want you want you want? No, I'm not. I'm not even acknowledge it. I why, did go to his event this week. Why though. you not gonna acknowledge it? I mean, I went on his podcast, but like you're saying, this cross advertising. Yeah, I mean, but he's doing his thing. He's Frank's doing his thing. You can he, fuck with the dogs. You fuck with the dogs. He fuck um, with the dogs, man, at all times. Bro, his event this weekend was pretty dope. I seen it. It was pretty pretty sick. How he how he uh he. You talk about someone who knows their um their fucking audience. their avatar and yeah. their and their audience because he played into that really well, man. That was awesome to see. He um, but the dude who so the die is life guy. Uh-huh. I'm gonna get him on my podcast. This dude since 2015, all he does is go and sponsor drinking games at colleges and party, and that's his entire business. Is like the <laughs> die is life game. Niche. That is his niche, and so the dude goes hard for a living. <laughs> like hard i was like bro, i don't know if that's sustainable well he's so he's 29 he's like yeah bro I, this is my last year yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's sustainable <laughs> he was though. like this is my last year out in the field because like it's like every week i think he's in havasu for like a month wow just in like havasu so people like go out to go party with him yeah like i mean because like, like almost the he is the event low-key i mean he uh him and frank got us like a table at whatever fucking like vixen or some shit yeah but like i mean the dude doesn't stop the dude is nonstop shotgun and beers putting us to shame. Yeah, no, I'll pass. I, I let shit like that happen now. I mean, you can't but, shame me. You can't. Sh- <laughs> you, can't you can't shame, shame me. Dog. me. I'm old and wise you can't now. Shame me. But he's you only 29, so he's 29. He's been doing it since 2015. Like a really cool like uh, business story of like, bro, he just started this because like he played the games. Like, yeah, like we're, we're gonna turn the shit up. No. And now it's like a multi-million dollar e-commerce company. No, I'll pass. You'll pass. Yeah, I'm not doing it. If I, if I was single, I think I would. I would. I would have signed up for it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but that was cool. Knowing your avatar was cool. We got a meetup tonight. Okay. Um, here at the hub. Here at the hub, we got fucking boy people coming. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Oh, getting your first deal. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Okay, I mean, here we go. And there should be like 30 minutes. It's super basic. Mm-hmm. Like all the information is out there. I'm gonna try and put it on a concise level. I'm like, hey, you're gonna try to make it. Um, what's the word we say? We're trying to make it actionable. Actionable. Right. Con- you don't want to yeah. just give them the steps. Hey, go driving for dollars. Like, hey, start cold calling this list. But like, don't give them the the action steps or the actual formula to you know to be able exactly. to break that down. So you get it's like a little workshop in a way, a little in depth exactly. workshop on how to really get a deal. That's awesome, man. Um, what what um, what type of marketing you gonna you gonna Focus on cold calling. Cold calling? Yeah, cold calling. Obviously, huh? Yeah. Obviously. I mean, if they want to door knock, they can door knock. And I think that's like solid for the pre foreclosures, just mm-hmm. getting in front of people. 
Yeah. And we we have a proven model from someone else in the market who's killing it. I would be I would be um interested in seeing um if you guys are doing cold calling, um, I'd be interested in seeing how people are doing with cold calling. Kind of how how you tracking a bit. how you tracking your numbers, what those numbers look like, right? How many dials is it taking for you to get a lead? How many leads to get a deal or to get a contract? And how many of those contracts are actually closing? Um, so if you're actually someone that you know that cold that cold calls consistently, I'd love to be able to reach out to me. I'd love to be able to see some of your numbers for that. Yeah, it, but lately with everything that the fucking carriers are doing, everything telecommunications wise has gotten hard. But then even so, some of our clients have doubled down on cold calling because like what for whatever reason their ppc and direct mail is just like shit the bed yeah and so we had one dude call us up the other day I was like i need five more callers I was like, okay you know it's funny that you say that and it's it's funny because as you talk to older investors some of our ogs in the game and stuff like that um uh, one thing i think that's super consistent we talk about just um being in front of people at all times and just not turning your marketing off um i honestly think we're coming back around the corner where direct mail is actually going to start getting a little bit more popular um, in a sense of sustainability. It goes up and down. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have the moments you're going to take your licks, but it's just something about direct mail, man. I think like I personally have never done it consistently. Like I've I'd mail a list or like um, mail people that I probably haven't got a hold of, but I haven't just like put my foot down and just been like, you, you know, every month we're selling it, sending it to this list, this list, this list, and this list. You know what I mean? For a year. For, at for least year. at least for a year. Yeah, you know what I mean? Year. And so one thing that I, I think I'm noticing the longer that I'm kind of in this is that the sustainability, I believe, c comes from the direct mail. Like you can cold call and do all those other, you know, active marketing channels like that. But I think it's something to be said for having your postcard, your letter or something on somebody's nightstand. And when their family goes through that house or whatever it may be, they come across one of your letter letters and say you're mailing twice a month or once a month for a year. They got 12 letters with your face on it. I mean, everything's a stool, right? Because mm -hmm. our like, so you need multiple different streams of marketing. I was at lunch with a, one, a really big investor yesterday and we were talking about it. I was like, well, I mean, yes, but there's a diminishing return on every marketing channel that you mm -hmm. do to where you just cannot squeeze any more juice out of it unless yeah. you open up a new market. Yes. Right. So, I mean, you could be sending, if you're sending two mail to someone a month, I feel like that's just overkill. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, so you're, you're legitimately you're diminishing returns and you're wasting half of your ad advertising spend. Okay, so and, but then I, we can apply that with cold calling too. Right? Yeah, so, so I guess my pushback with that would be, um, it's one thing to just mass direct mail, but like, so let's just say something like with me, right? So with my data manager and stuff like that, I'm able to see out of so many records that we have, the numbers that we just haven't been able to contact after so many attempts, so many skip traces, um, so many different other marketing platforms. And so maybe I don't take a list of maybe 3,000 and now there's only like 20 that we just haven't been able to touch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm probably going to oversaturate those 20 with direct mail pieces. That makes sense. Like, hey, just give me a call. Just give just me a call. Let, you let know what I mean? Hey, because I can me. send it once a month, but it's like, what's one letter? Like I rather <laughs> that shit every time you go to the Dale mailbox, you see me. Yeah. And so that's kind of the the concept of that one. If you're talking more probate, yeah, I wouldn't mail a probate twice a month. No, God. you know what I mean, mail that once a, once a, once a month. Um, what else? So diminishing returns of your marketing, and that's why like all these people started going nationwide, is because like all right, we have more. Like let's just say with the Central Valley, you can tap it at a certain level. Like if you're spending a hundred thousand dollars a month on mail, I think you'd tap. 
at that price point. Yeah, like at that price point, like you <laughs> tap the Central Valley as far as like niche lists, and then you like start marketing to market, which to me, oh no, because people sense. still do it at a high level, man. That's that's what that's what makes it tough. I don't know. Still any, do it at I don't a high know level. Anybody who's doing the Central Valley that much ad spend a month. Oh, okay, I'm about to say, if, I mean, you're getting you're getting five six deals here in the Central Valley a month. Like, you're, I think you're solid. Yeah, which is weird. I just because Central Valley is so weird because it's so spread out and it's not like, um, like let's say like Atlanta, like all the East Coast mm -hmm. places. I've been like thinking about this a lot lately. Like, why are these East Coast dudes like really throwing down? There's not a whole lot of West Coast dudes throwing down. I was like, number one, the houses are a lot older. You know, I think a lot of it too is if you look at just from a wholesaling perspective here in just our market, we don't have people who are just strictly like, all I do is wholesale. So I think what ends up happening is they don't have to like spread out so much because what's happening is with the amount of leads that are being generated and the deals that are being uh, locked up, you're either keeping them. So then you got people that may be handling, you know, they may get five wholesale deals a, a month, but they're also, they also got five flips going on a month. So from a, from a grand scheme, like, you got those, you got 10 projects in a way or five projects going on. You got your wholesale deals. Um, and then from there, you're doing any type of Airbnb, um, any type of um, buying holds that you may be doing. Like, it, I just feel like if from there, people just start to uh, diversify or they start to buy more property. Well, our so, people grow out fast. Yeah. Because like, there's no need to just stay in wholesaling that long. I think everyone so far in our market, most people have a plan and wholesaling ain't it. You know what I mean? It's like the entry point to get to where they want to go. And once they get to that point, they just start buying their own deals. Yeah, I mean, I'm like thinking about it truly, like all the people who are, let's say like the people we go up to, mm -hmm. none of them have like, at least just like stayed in the business and like treated it that way. They're like, okay, mm -hmm. well, I see this. The opportunity vehicle is better. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that, that's and it, is. it is. Like the opportunity vehicle, wholesale. And they still amazing. have that that operation. It's Some. just it's just not to an extent that they're trying to fucking be the biggest one in, in, in the nation. Right, because it doesn't. It, you know what I mean? Because I don't think we give a fuck about like, pulling our dicks out in front of everybody and be like, my shit's bigger. Like, I think we just ultimately really want to grow. Right, and they care about, I mean. <laughs> we're not flashy. Net profit. We're not flashy here. You know, we we all have end goals, I think, for the most part um, of, I'm trying to think that, of that isn't just flashy. that. Is there anybody who's really flashy? No. Not even like nobody. <laughs> no, one, no one's flashy. People got nice things, but it's not like one of those things where it's just all in your face. Yeah, nobody's really flashy, <laughs> which is fascinating. Yeah, the East Coast dudes, because like, I was thinking about like, yeah, I mean, they do all these deals like every month, and at the same time, I was like, well, their price point is a lot lower, mm -hmm. and you're ripping off fucking fives. Yeah, we were ripping off tens, fifteens, twenties, forties. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, you rip off some pretty fat deals. Like, we're ripping off twenties on JV deals. Yeah, like, a piece. exactly. Yeah, you rip you know off twenties I mean? so, on JD, JVs pretty consistently. Uh, so we got that. What else? Ooh, the Fed. I was talking to Michael Zuber. I don't know if you care about this, but the Fed only raised um, interest rates by 0. 0.25. By 0. 0.25? By a quarter of a point. Okay. Which is? Uh, well, I mean, not which is, but like, like, what are you, the point behind that? You're telling me this because? I, I was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping they were going to raise it more just to kind of curb inflation. Why would you hope that they're going to raise it more? Because when you raise the interest rates more than like, um, it kind of stops everything from going. Because not so many people are buying. Yeah, because I mean, right now, like everything's fucking running. But away. you're an investor, so why would you want? Why would you want prices to slow down? Bro, inflation's not because I, I care about the value of the dollar. I care about the value of the houses that we own. 
eventually I, i'm not trying to be in fucking zimbabwe bro to where so my best friend's dad mm-hmm. went to zimbabwe for a month on a hunting trip mm-hmm. he was like overnight the zimbabwe dollar went to nothing and they would they would give me everything they had for one american dollar i mean i feel like that's and that like, i mean that's like hyperinflation but like the value of a dollar like look at look at the russian ruble after everything that happened with ukraine well, that's too deep, bro. I don't, I don't know none of that shit. So all it, I'm saying, for example, for put it in, you, I don't even to, want to talk about to that zero. shit. It went to zero. But what does that mean? That like your currency is stalled and you have no monitor. Like you can't do anything. So even your house is like it's so it holds no weight. There is no value in the currency. But someone can still buy the house, and the house went up in value. So how do with I hide them with what though? What do you mean? Somebody qualifies for the shit. Our problem with our inflation, not in, uh, inflation, but like the, all the appreciation that's going on right now with all these houses, it isn't because fucking, it's because everyone's making all this damn money money in SoCal and shit like that. And they're selling these million dollar houses and coming down here and paying $600,000 for a $450,000 house because the shit looks like a mansion compared to what they sold. But they, but they're cash heavy. Yes. And so no. like, I don't get like how that hurt, how that hurts. I like, mean, but like, this isn't just houses, bro. I'm talking like overall economy. I don't give a fuck about everything else. I'm talking, I care about real estate. You gotta start paying more attention. To I, I really don't give a shit about gas prices. I don't give a shit about the price of milk. I, I don't care. Like those, like I don't worry about those type of problems. Like that's the shit that keeps you fucking worrying about that shit. So it's not worried about it, but I think it helps you make educated decisions as you move forward on what to invest in. Yeah, I'm like, what and what you want to actually do. And so interest in, rates and going up decisions. higher makes it easier for you to invest on what. Because right now we invest a lot in real estate. And so it doesn't, it helps me analyze what is to come. Like, is a recession coming? Like, what, what is going to happen moving forward? That's why, like, I pay attention to, like, financial news. I'm not paying attention to, like, the news news. Okay. But, like, I'm paying attention. Like, all right, like, so what is the outlook? What do I see that is going to happen so I can place my bets in whatever I want? Okay. And so with the interest rates going up higher, faster... Are you predicting? I see, a re- I see a recession coming. You see a recession in what terms? Overall. So then, what's the whole thing when you talk about? And I don't. Again, I don't know a lot about none of this shit. To be honest with you, I just kind of just do work. Um. So I guess that's kind of the question. Like I'm not ahead of the eight ball when it comes to stuff like that. So all I know is that there is an inventory problem, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you talk. When the rates go up and then like the mortgage rates are not so many people can qualify for something good because yeah, the because houses are outpriced at well, that point. Exactly. Now right? your interest rates a little bit higher, the price is still the same, then it'll eventually fucking flatten out. So I, but like to me, that's not a recession. Like people aren't losing anything. You know what I mean? Like it just means like so, but, we stalled out as a market. So and, like, I mean, shit gotta start to drop. It's still like it's not gonna be like a fucking depression. It's not gonna be 2008, but like the economy will slow. Which is fine. I, but I don't think that's like a I don't think I don't feel I, like that's I, a, I don't feel like that's a recession. Like you know what I mean? Like right now, people already can't buy houses because there's not enough houses. So now, then what happens? The interest rates go dumbass high, and so then people can't afford some of these mortgages, which they won't get qualified no more to buy them. Well, fuck, we got the same problem. They well, can't buy houses. Equity goes away because if you like buy the, it at the end. So, like, let's say like all the prices drop. Mm-hmm. The one thing that you get with buying with all this appreciation, all it mm-hmm. is is fucking equity. Yeah. You can't spend your equity. No. So I mean you can spend it fast, but I mean right. Like you, you can can't say one day I'll spend it and then yeah, but you could spend it. You can spend it eventually on a house that you never plan uh, on a house that you p- probably plan on never selling or something. 
Like, why wouldn't right, you that take the matter. equity out of there, buy more houses, or buy more, invest in something? Because that even if it depends on like what you're trying to accomplish, yeah, a hundred percent. Because even if the equity goes away, like maybe maybe I got a four hundred thousand dollar house and it appraises for seven hundred at this point in time, right? Because I bought it a long ass time ago. It probably did. And you use that fucking equity and you just start buying a bunch of other houses, and now you say have six hundred thousand dollars out, right? You're fine, and, huh? You're, you're fine, fine because you're not going to sell that house. So the only how it really hurts me. I actually got that HELOC at a really good rate, <laughs> right? I don't plan on selling this house, so I really don't give a fuck what happens like with that gap. And in it's there. not really, I mean, it's for because so you have investors and then you have like consumers. Mm -hmm. Oh, it hurts consumers 100%. You know, like, because like you got to, if you don't know how to maximize a dollar. Yeah, but I mean, but like the consumers are the majority of the economy. Yeah. Not the investors. Mm -hmm. So you got to think like, okay, what are the consumers going to do? Like, what? When something happens to the consumer and they pull back or they see one thing or another, they're gonna go rent. Yeah, well, that still is the majority of what the people in America are going to do. Which tells me that even though you foresee something like a recession possibly happening, that tells me as an investor that I should probably buy more because people are gonna or get have, priced out and they're or gonna have more dry anyway. powder. So you can buy more. Yeah, like so like a recession comes or I be more liquid. For when that's, it does, that's hard, man. That's that's hard because you, you predict this stuff, and everyone's always like, Man, if I I wish I had more, you know, I wish I was more liquid during the times when you know 2007, 2008 happened. It's just like most successful people, to be honest with you, like I feel like if you had capital at that time, like it just I don't want to say it was by luck, you know what I mean, but you maybe had scaled your business and you had a really good business at that point where you just had money. You know what I mean? Where it just happened at a good time for you and you were in a good financial state. But I don't feel like people just like hold on to their money and hope for the one day that shit just goes good for them. Like I, Because I feel like most successful people push and they don't wait for things to happen. They kind of make things happen. And then when it happens, they're able to kind of change gears and react to that. Yes and no. And it, so it depends on like what game you're trying to play. So I'll use Homozy for an example. He was like, so the bets I place now are only with upside because anything that cuts my so, uh, my net worth in half mm -hmm. will significantly change my life if I double my net worth, right? So me going to zero as compared to me doubling, mm -hmm. me going to zero changes everything. Me doubling 100%. changes absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. So then you have investors with that type of mindset. So they, do, they will have dry powder. Because they got money. They already got money. They're where they need to be to be able to take advantage of something in the future, they can hang some money in a bank account or, you know what I mean? They can, they can, they can let some money sit there in hopes that something happens that comes. But for the people that aren't there yet, who are still building, I don't think they just should just sit on their hands because you know, an interest rate never is going sit on up. your hands. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it's just, it, but you can it depends on where you are. I still feel like you can still be prepared. But I mean, like at the same time, you, most I tell most entrepreneurs like Michael Zuber is not your guy because Michael, like Michael already has a 200 unit portfolio. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm stacking up because I know I can double mm -hmm. my 200 unit portfolio. Oh, for sure. He's, oh, he money. waiting on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he's in that position. Exactly. He's there where he can sit on his hands like I'm good either way. Yeah, exactly. I'm not good either way. <laughs> so I just got to go and just trust just relationships and just trust the knowledge that I have now to get through whatever's to come. The only thing I could see happening that would like really fuck shit up would be like deflation mm -hmm. to where let's say rents collapse. Mm. 
So now we got a bunch of alligator properties. Yeah. Like it's where, <laughs> and that happened uh, somewhat in 2008 to where mm-hmm. it fucked over a lot of people. And so and that was with the, adjustable rate mortgages, right? Well, with adjustable rate mortgages for both, for whatever reason, like there was a deflation. Michael was talking about it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, if these rent rates go down, then think about all those syndicators who, who are buying based off of rent appreciation. And oh, for sure. Yeah, sh- and they pretty much just buy. And mm-hmm. the, over, the way these syndicators make money, and I learned this the other day, they're fucking fee shops. Like they really just buy the deal. The syndicators only make money just from their fucking acquisitions fees and shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's a basic ass, like barely even a deal, if not a deal. Yeah. But as soon as anything changes, then that thing just fucking collapses. Mm-hmm. Because like let's say rents change or like something stagnates or anything happens, then you're shit out of luck. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're not operating at a like when you're buying at those low caps, like it's not a lot of margin to deal with, unless you're buying like Grant Cardone properties to where I do agree with him. Like, hey, bro, this is this is just an amazing asset. Like, we're we'll be fine, mm-hmm. right? If it's an amazing asset, it's an A class, like A area. Yeah, and that's like, what he's buying. Yeah, like it, all that it's, shit. It, 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 it's it's expensive as fuck, but like you know the value of what you're getting is good. You know what I mean? Right, and it's like in the location to where both the locations desirable. Prime, they're prime locations, yeah. You don't yeah. need to worry about that. But then like when you're buying like fucking bees and you're still buying them on a weird cap. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Anything happens. Yeah, I'm so basic when it comes to like understanding the economic aspect of everything. And that's why I just surround myself with people who kind of who do know it and I just follow, follow suit for the most part. Um, but I guess my question really would be like Central Valley was super, I mean, we're still affordable compared to anywhere in California. Yeah. Right. And it's and express. it's and it's one of those small cities that that's aiming to be a metro city. Right. And so when we start talking about recessions and we start talking about um, you know, price points and all and all this stuff, right? I'm not gonna be politically correct with a lot of it, but um I personally just don't see that changing. I feel like we can only continue to go up, even though it feels like it's hella high right now, based off of where we were. I mean, bro, I just seen a deal go out fucking in Southeast Fresno or Southwest Fresno for 155. And just two years ago, bro, I was sending them out at 110. And you know that, what I mean? And that was a sixty k spread. And that, you, 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 <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like that was a tight deal getting sold at one ten. So, and and when I looked at the numbers, like, bro, like it wasn't. It'd be a good like rental. It really didn't need a lot of rehab. I wouldn't, so um, I wouldn't I, be worried as far as central. I'm thinking like American economics. I'm not thinking I don't like give a fuck about America. I care about where I'm at. So I don't <laughs> like, and that, and that sounds selfish, but that's where my money's invested. So I care about my like here, I, and I guess I think American economics is weird. Like we're in a couple different things, right? Mm-hmm. Like no, like hey, what's going on here? What's going on yeah. there? But as far as the Central Valley, I don't see it being a massive downside. Number one, just because like let's say we have all these transitory people coming in, for lack of better words, like people coming in from the north, mm-hmm. the south, move it in. That's fine. If the only crux of Fresno like like growing more is that it's does not have a solid middle class workforce. It is. I always say Fresno and the Central Valley is the downside of capitalism. I mean, Amazon building a brand new workshop off the 180 and one. But like, we need a lot. Like, you know, I'm like, we need we need a lot of yeah. new Amazons to come in to make. I it. I feel like Amazon's the same as the fucking GM. Yeah. Talk about like Detroit and places back east. They got GM and they got you know all these other and those are big cities like Detroit and shit or Michigan or whatever wherever it's at. 
like Amazon is the equivalent to that. And we have two two distributions. We have one distribution center and we have another one that's being built. There's still on like not 41, a whole lot of middle class like, I mean, it, you can't get a job paying you, let's say, 80 grand a year. It's hard to get a job that pays you 80 grand, 100 grand a year out here. School teachers. How much do school teachers make? Yeah, about around year, about year six, seven, you're around 80 grand. Six, seven, eight. I mean, I'm I mean, saying that's middle class. 60 and Education, 80. bro. That's, that's, we, we got one of the biggest school districts in California. We're, we're the second biggest school district in California compared to LA um, Unified. Los Angeles Unified School District is number one, and Fresno Unified School District is number two in California. I so if you talk about a middle class, middle class, I feel like the teaching profession is middle class. Okay, there's one job. Nursing. Two jobs. Well, fuck, bro. That, like, that's the Central Valley. Hospitals and schools. No. I feel like we're overpowered by middle class jobs. I feel like there's not nearly enough. Tell me what you think. I'd like to know what people think, because I, I, I think if you talk middle class, I think the Central Valley is fucking smashing when it comes to middle class. I don't think there's a lot of opportunities to be a part of the 1%, though. Um, I mean, if you're a farmer. And even still being a... Bro, you know how hard well, it is to be a farmer in the Central Valley? Hey, With farming, all, we do we do supply a lot of the... Uh, we supply all of it, not some. To the to U.S. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess... I mean, so if, so, so if you're telling me to power fucking the Central Valley, I think it's fucking phenomenal. If you talk about opportunity here, it's fucking awesome. It's consolidated. Okay. You can't tell me it's not consolidated. Because like in what aspect? Yeah, the farming, like the farming opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's consolidated. To a certain few people. Yes. But there's opportunity. I can't tell people how to network, like, but the opportunity's there. The difference is at that level, if they don't want you to play the game, you just don't play the game. Because you don't know how to. Because they can just fucking not let you. I mean, like, it's not like, hey, yeah, I'm gonna get into wholesaling. No, or the fucking wholesaler can outspend you and bury you over nine years. No wholesaler? No, no wholesaler is going to like target you like that. When it comes to real money, mm -hmm. and they can, like, it doesn't matter. Like they can do I, it I for like years. I feel like time. it starts, like I always feel like it starts somewhere else and it, it, it triculates into those little spaces. What starts? I just feel like like any type of like relationship wise, like same thing you can say the same thing with real estate. Like, how do you go from like wholesaling to flipping to eventually getting in and developing motel conversions, hotel conversions? Like at that point, it becomes relationships that you've built throughout the years of building other businesses. Yeah, but that we could talk about the Armenians here in Fresno, right? Armenians. I mean, you talk about relationships, right? Yeah, they they run they, shit. they run shit. They run. Shit. But how do they get to that point? Relationships. You go to school with any Armenians? No, I, bro, I grew up in Salt Lake. You went to Bullard. You went to you went to school with Armenians. So I mean, there's opportunity there that you know someone that knows someone that like the opportunities there is all I'm saying. I don't think I don't think you're just completely so, blacklisted, but I think if you're intentional with how you grow and and, and the relationships that you build, then I don't think that, that it's impossible to break into some of these. Uh... Break in exponential growth? No. Like so, like let's say emerging markets. Mm -hmm. Like when you're talking, the only way you're going to become a one percenter is you break into an emerging market and you write it. Mm -hmm. So tech, the reason you become a one percenter is because you create your own emerging market and then you go and you take it from there. Yeah, you're not reinventing the wheel when it comes to ag here in Fresno. Right, but I mean, Valley, yeah. so like you're not reinventing the wheel, creating a new market. The reason people love crypto is because it's a new market mm -hmm. and there's so much upside that hasn't even been created yet and everybody sees the trajectory. Mm -hmm. When you get into farming, like you're not going to create a insanely new market right you're no, gonna you're get into not. it and you're gonna be there but but i feel like the risk is lower 
because it's already established. Bro, farming was a lot of risk. No, no, no. I get that. But if, when you break into it with the right people, I feel like it's different because essentially it's like a mentor. Yes. And so here's, here's what I'll say. Farming is a lot of risk. Uh, we went and we were looking at that. We went and pheasant hunted up at this place in Nebraska. And we paid the dudes to go out there and they have several thousand acres that got demolished by a snowstorm for mm -hmm. two years in a row. O's. Mm -hmm. Two years in a row. Like, they got how many acres? Like thousands. Of what? Of different farming crops. Oh, they made money off probably the last 10 years. But I'm like, that's what farming is. So, you know oh, what I'm saying? Sure. So, like, yeah, when I, I say it's risky, like, it's you and God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. It's like you, and, and it's the craziest thing. <laughs> you like, better treat people right, my nigga. Like, <laughs> to where, like, I didn't even think about it. And then, like, <clears throat> um, my best friend's dad was like explaining the situation, like, this is what happened. And he was like, yeah, so it's been like two years since, like, they've even like made a penny and they've had to sell cows. So, would you say, even in in farming, there's ways to mitigate that risk, right? You because you can make a shit ton of money, right? Now, what do you do with that money? Are you going out and, and flexing on everybody, or are you going out and you diversifying a little bit for when I God does decide to fuck you off? I mean, most experienced farmers do that, but I mean most experienced investors do having that. three years of reserves is pretty fucking wild. You know what I'm saying? Like having like two years of reserves for the amount of money that they make in farming, you're still not operating on massive margins. I mean, like, so let's say we're going to have one really, really big year. You're not going to break even, but you're mitigating, you, you, you're at least decreasing the risk. Maybe you don't lose 10 million that year, you lose two. You know what I mean? Because you did, you did a good job at mitigating re, uh, risk, putting your money into probably real estate, right? And being able to do stuff like that. Like, I, I just feel like at some point in each avenue, everyone needs somebody. And so when you get good at what you do, you become that somebody for someone in another, another avenue. So like me doing wholesaling and then my partner's doing flipping. Like there's no way in hell I would have started with the flip that we started with. Yeah. But the, the risk was mitigated because my partners are fucking awesome. Right. And so now I'm able to kind of break into a whole nother space that grows me, but allows the, the other person to grow also. And so I, I see it as the same thing when it comes like I'm not looking to make a hundred million. Like, bro, just let me make one for now. So I'm really not even really a threat. And hopefully I can help you scale yourself somewhere a whole lot bigger to where you're not tripping off me making 10, 20. If they're your friends. If they're your friends or the relationship is good. Yeah, if the relationship's good. I think you just got to be a good person. It all stems, at the end of the day, comes down to shit like that. Treat people good, man. And I, and I think people don't, people don't hate on your growth when you're genuinely a good person. I, and the older people never hate on your growth if you are... Respectful. And asking questions. Like one thing, like, I mean, I'm don't waste time. You don't waste time. And then again, this comes like with the pick your brain thing. Whenever mm -hmm. I talk to someone, I'm asking very, very yeah, like niche questions that I know only they can answer because of like and I let's say I do my research on the person. Mm -hmm. Like I like I know this person's background, I know what they do, and I want to know four things. Yeah. And then like they see that you care, like you've done your research, they know, and then I go, like, oh, Yeah, like so like you are a smart dude. Mm-hmm. You are hustling. All right, yeah. You do care. You do care about what you ask me. Like, or you're actually going to put, you're going to take action because every question that you ask me is something that an action taker would ask. Someone is just kind of just doing their research. The imaginary problem, bro. The imaginary <laughs> problems. Yeah. 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 So what happens if, what happens don't talk if, to me about what, it, what happens or what ifs. Don't talk to me about those things. Just like, so the contract, everybody wants a contract. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, do not ask me for a contract until you get in a situation where you're about to send one to a seller <laughs> and then call me. Twice. Time you need it. Yeah. And then call me twice. I got you. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but until that point in time, bro, like it's just mm-hmm. you're creating mental obstacles for yourself. I think Henry Washington said it itself uh, when he talked about uh, going into small banks and, and building those relationships with small banks. Like, bro, don't go into a small bank and be like, hey, I'm getting into real estate. Plan on buying some properties. What can you do for me? Like, don't be don't be that person. Yeah. Like, go in there with the contract and be like, "Look, I got to close this deal in fourteen days. How how can you help me? How can you help? Because you got something that's that's tangible at that point. Like, we, they see a purchase price, they see your credit, and they, you know what I mean. And so, and they see the value at the end of the day of this property. So they're going to be able to actually give you real information that's going to help you move forward compared to you coming in saying, "How could you help me?" And you don't even have a deal for them yet. One thing the dude did say, like it doesn't work with California banks. Henry's like, yeah, it's going to be a tough time. I thought that was interesting. Um, but we have people who do use um, who do use small banks. But at the um, level that he does, oh, no, no, oh, bro, the hundred percent, the hundred percent shit is fucking wild. To be honest with you, when he said at 4%, that four percent, he dropped. Hey, he dropped some fucking value in that damn meetup. I feel like unless you were at a certain point, you probably don't understand like how big it was. But to have a hundred percent and eighty five percent, like I'm like, man, to get a hundred percent. At four percent interest, like bro, that's why they love you. They love they love you. you. He, he he probably need to put a ring on his finger to let them know, like like bro, I'm taken by by this bank. Like, <laughs> can you be? What can I do for you, Henry? Can you be four percent? Oh yeah, we can be four percent at a hundred percent though. Nah, <laughs> that is um, and like bro, he gives that information for away for forty dollars. Yeah. That's how much his courses are. $40. Yeah, yeah I seen it. It was, it, was, it was awesome, dude. It was it was awesome. And let's not talk about how great his uh, social media content is, bro. That should be having me dying every day. <laughs> see the one dude walking down the steps with the fur coat on and shit? I didn't see that one. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was like pretty much uh, um, walking out of the uh, walking out of the title company or um, from the closing table. And it was like with like $70,000. Uh, when you use other people's money. So basically it was a bird property that he went and used someone else's money, bought a house, refinanced it, paid his lender off and fucking walked away with $70,000. So it was just like, you know, you feel like, you know, you the shit, you know what I mean? I didn't spend no money and I made 70 and I, and I bought a house. Yeah. And so it's the dude walking down the step, the courtroom steps with like a fur coat on, but like a jury curl on. <laughs> it's like how I feel walking out of the title company when I made $70,000 using someone else's money. Real estate is the only business you can do that in that time frame because mm-hmm. like you can go one thing i've been learning a lot about lately is like raising capital for your actual business it's a real thing like like raising like real cash but then like okay like what's your time turnover like all, all this other things because most people do things with other people's money but then like a burr project i would say like let's just let's say 18 months max that's fucking long but still to use someone's money and make seven thousand dollars mm-hmm. in 18 months max is still pretty crazy if I mean the, I'd say the number one thing is deal flow. Yeah, no. So I would say that's the number one thing I took away from it. Like, it, like, and that, and he did a good job at explaining that though, um, that he's able to do that because he consistently gets deals. Yeah. 
he's consistently marketing. He's consistently um, locking things up. So the deal flow is there. And so then from that point, that's where the relationships with small banks take place. That's where raising private money takes well, and place. And you're keeping the money working. You're keeping the money working. Because one thing that I can't tell you that I focused on before was I was like, okay, I'm going to start raising some private money. But then I'm like, okay, you raise this private money. And it's like, well, where the fuck are you going to spend this money at? So like, I feel like early on, you, you, you'll tend to try to move faster than what you should be because you you do you see a lot of good examples of where it gets you but it all starts with deal flow but you always so shout out pace man i feel like we shout out everyone else but ourselves he <laughs> just posted this on his instagram the other day he's like raise private money before you need it well hold on. thank me well, later well, we learn from <laughs> but we learn from everybody though like 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 we shout people out that that's been like that that that's helped us in our growth so I get that this is a podcast that we give to our fans. And yes, maybe it's a brand thing that you're supposed to, that we do or that you want to ultimately do, but we'd be lying if we sat here and act like we figured all this shit out ourselves. Right. You know what I mean? So my thought is we shout people out on our podcast because they, they've brought us tremendous value. Legitimate value. You know what I mean? And so people have to watch this to find out who brought us value. And in return, bro, it's, it's, there's just levels to it, bro. Go watch the same shit that, that we watched. Anybody that asks me about wholesaling, I tell them, bro, go watch what Max Maxwell shit. Do Max Maxwell need any more people subscribing to uh, any of his more sh his shit? No. no, but he was a tremendous value to me. And I tell you, don't go watch his new shit. Go back on YouTube and filter that shit to some of his first videos and watch number one through fucking whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Max Maxwell's early content with him still going on appointments was fucking phenomenal. He bold, like you think, but he bold as fuck for bringing a fucking camera guy on appointments. Yeah, he bold as fuck for that. You tell him too. That's my camera guy. You mind? You good? I mean, you. Bold, I feel like we. If we did that here, I feel like people just aren't that lax. Uh like if I if I brought Jake with me, I think I could take Jake with me. <laughs> to like, you know, I mean, you know the seller. Like now, we'd know the seller. We want to do yeah. it. You take it with a fucking cowboy. Yeah, yeah, with the camera, like I use. Trying to document everything, let people know that this is, uh, you know, it's a real thing that we actually help real people. The service that we provide is a real service; it's a genuine service, and we want more people to know about it. One thing, I mean, the cops pressed Jake when we were down in Bakersfield. Fuck about the cops, I press cops. Bro, those motherfuckers. Say, <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? What's up with this camera? Like, hey, that's my camera guy. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I, mean? I guess so. Like the code enforcement dude tripped out. Yeah. And then after he tripped out, then the cops tripped out. Uh -huh. I'm like, sorry, man, we've got people following us all day. Just oh, you thinking it's the news? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get Jake like a press badge, bro. Like give him a little, little press badge. I, on his I got some good news on that Bakersfield house. We should be able to make some money. You gonna sell it? Um, we'll fire sell it. We should get it like a a decent amount. Shout out, um, Henry, our okay. fire restoration specialist. Okay. Okay. Here, so here's a tip for you. This is a tip that Jason gave me when we were at dinner with um Henry, because I told him about our whole shit. He's like, bro, get a private adjuster, like for this shit. Henry Resendez. And I was like, bro, he was like, use Henry. I was like, yeah, I got fucking Henry. Yeah. I talked to that motherfucker on IG so like, every here, day. He was like, here, fire. I'm like, Henry, Henry, right? <laughs> and I talked to this. You guys got a fire issue, bro? Call Henry Resendez. Uh, what's his it's IG? Fucking, what's his fucking his IG? Man? Yeah, let me. Pull it up. It, it does us no justice to sit here and shout my man out and not have his, his third something construction. Let me see. This is important here. We got Henry. We got third power construction, fire and smoke damage, 
smoke claims specialist. His Instagram is Henry Resendez three. So at Henry Resendez, R-E-S-E-N-D-E-Z three. Hit up my man if you guys got any type of fire damage, um, you need any type of um, claims, any any type of thing that regards smoke and fire, hit up my man. So here's what he did. So uh, we're at dinner. Yeah. And that, this, is what, this is why networking is so important. And like telling people, number one, really about your fuck ups. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody else fucks up too. Someone's and been they, there. Yeah. Someone's been there. Because I was like, yeah, bro, here's what happened, blah, blah, blah. And Jason's like, oh, bro, you need to get a private adjuster. I was like, why is that? He's like, because they'll combat the fucking insurance company. Insurance. Whose and, job is to save themselves money. Yeah. Right? Not, not make you more. Like, and so he's like, no, bro, like they'll fucking press the insurance company because like Jason was like, dude, they told me I didn't have to replace the showers. Like the whole fucking house is burnt down. What yeah. do you mean I don't need yeah. to replace the shower? But just wipe them down. Right. Yeah. Right. But like wipe it down. You'll yeah. be fine. And so he's like, no. And so Henry came in, pressed back on all their shit. And Jason ended up um, with facts, though, with facts. You know what I mean? This ain't just, oh, no, yeah, they wrong. Like, no, he comes in, bro. Yeah. He does a detailed job on. Oh, on, with everything he, he understands does. the laws of that stuff. You know and, he's a, and he's a contractor, yep. so he gets it. He gets it. And so Jason ended up walking around with 60. Mm -hmm. Like 60 more than the insurance company was going to give him because of Henry. Mm -hmm. And so he did the same thing. Henry got us. Um, the adjuster told us anywhere between 130 and 170 and just rehab cost. Mm -hmm. And then we'll probably fire or sell the house for like 60. Mm-hmm. And this is a house we bought underwater. Mm -hmm. And so we will hopefully walk away with like 10 to 20 each. Wow. So when you are. And the insurance pays Henry. Yeah. And the insurance will the pay insurance Henry. pays Henry. So that's not, it's not, it, 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 it costs you nothing. It was the best. To call him in done. to make you more money. Like it's almost like, like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, but I mean, again, that's a really, that was a really good learning experience, I guess, in real estate. I, mean, I haven't talked about that one. But like that, that was a really good like experience. Like, okay, so like now we're here, and me, Dean, me, Dean, Jason, and Henry, I went to dinner after the uh, meetup. Meetup here, yeah. And the amount of just like it was a million dollar table, dude. Now that well, just just in that incident made you twenty grand. Yeah, just in that incident yeah. made me twenty grand, and we were talking about like different types of um, so like so number one again, half of the conversation was about social media. How fucking awesome it is. Well, how awesome it is and how like lacking we are on it just because of the amount of opportunity that's there. Yes, yes, yes. And Henry was like, bro, so my wife was like, so he's like, I had to go in my room and make like six TikToks and I posted one. And my wife's like working hard. He's like, yeah, like this is the thing that makes us the most money. This is working hard. And you know, people, so, okay. That is a real thing. Because for a long time, I feel like people would be like, especially in relationships, they're like, bro, well, you always on your phone. You always like... Because at the time, your phone wasn't really making you no money. We was just on there consuming and fucking yeah. just watching content. You know what I mean? But like now, you know, a lot of people see the value in in being a creator, which probably got you on your phone a whole lot more. But you're not consuming, and I think that's the difference. Even though it is fun, it can get fun making content, and you do consume a little bit to see what some of the trends are. Yeah, you need no trends. You know what I mean? So you do consume a little bit, but it's not a consuming as in pleasure. Like this is like fucking reading a book to go take take the test that you got to take. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm watching social media to learn something that I can repurpose and give to my audience or give to you know people who 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 do follow me. So um, social media is a big thing, man, and, and it's huge. If you haven't understood the value in building a brand, um, and I'm still learning this, you know what I mean? So 
um yeah man get off, get off your folks get off your folks for using social media because that, that's ultimately what's going to get y'all to better places the leverage of it so yeah. nobody really understands the leverage so you're telling me i can access like some right like i can access over a thousand people a day so our instagram account was in front of two hundred like forty thousand people in the last 30 days mm -hmm. you know like how much money you got to pay those motherfuckers to get in front of that many people on ppc on on ppc you know on, on like on all these things but instead, I just have videos that people consume. Mm -hmm. The amount of leverage that that creates for me. Yeah, I can't just be walking around taking videos of dogs and shit no more. Like you know what I mean? Like you got to be pretty, you got to be intentful for what you put on your shit. But yes also still no. try to be Personable. a person, yeah, person. Personal. You know what I mean? So I still make sure like I, I do stuff with my kids, um, or I post you know anniversary stuff for my wife, and because we are real people, and I think that that is the. The thing that you have to be cognizant of when you're building a brand is that you have to understand that people also want to follow people. Yeah, they want to see that they can actually not touch you, but they want to see that you have some of the same struggles that they have, and not just someone trying to push a brand or someone that's just trying to teach me how to do shit all the time. Like, show me your struggles. Show me that you do have a family. So when I go live, I don't go live often, but when I go live, like I make sure like the kids is around when I go live. So that my baby actually pulling on my pants, asking me to make her a bottle or whatever it may be, because this is real life shit. So um, I try to be very intentful with that stuff um, with when it comes to distractions and the noises and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I, I just lost my chance. Oh, stories. So stories is where I make it more personable. Yeah. Stories is where yeah. I make it more personable. It's the posts are so easy to put on autopilot mm -hmm. to where it's not as personable unless like you listen to the podcast and you've probably heard all of my thoughts and everything else with how much content we put out mm -hmm. but the stories is where i can like do family shit goofball shit i post some head-ass stuff all the time just so yeah. it's um because i don't want to be a stiff no, no you know what i'm saying so i, I like social media you know what i mean like i, I want to use it for my personal personal stuff too like oh shit and like and i still have like family members who follow me i'm sure they're wondering like what's going on with that like what's going on with your son Mm -hmm. all this mm -hmm. but so. do not underestimate it bro if you are an agent and you're not a part of real brokerage and throwing down <laughs> on social media pineda just made let's say pineda just made a 30 million dollar move last week bro, at least. i might go get my license <laughs> just to be a part of that fucking that that shit like it, it the access to it you can still pay for it and stuff like that but real real is starting to get some shit over there where it's like Bro, if all you got to do is go get a real estate license to get a, the amount of value and education that you can get for free, oh, bro, people are like, hey, I want to get in real estate. I'm like, bro, go get your real estate license. But but your downline, <laughs> huh? your downline is what I'm talking about. So when I say Pineda made a $30 million move, mm -hmm. so he announced that he switched over to real brokerage. Yes. He had his own brokerage with 170 people in, internally. Mm -hmm. So now. But he, that's that's locally. That's locally. Real let, lets him go nationwide. Nationwide with like. Without a brokerage and without all of the um, without all the overhead, without the all the overhead training and the the legal um without the legal I don't want to say restraints, but you take on a lot of risk or a lot of um responsibility when owning that brokerage. You you know what I mean? So it he essentially gets to do the same thing without actually he can still have a team. He just doesn't have to have the brokerage. And like the team now, the team, bro. It's now the team can be nationwide, bro. You, you can have like a cult like following. Like Pace Morby can just well, fucking Laura can go to go to real and all the fucking sub two folks <laughs> who are in you know real estate or got their license. Like, bro, that becomes a part of his nationwide team. 
Yeah, bro, the scalability of that and the amount of money. Like when I say it's at least a thirty million dollar move for Pineda, mm-hmm. like over time it's gonna make him way more than that. Like it, it was power a, it move, was power move, hundred percent, power move, hundred percent. Same thing like with you know Jason moving to real and Strive, Darren and Cam moving to real. Um, and I think Darren and Cam when they went, fucking everyone's kind of like, fuck, is this real? Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I've always been programmed whenever they do something like it's there's like some some behind it that I just ain't I didn't know because when they moved I was kind of like. I ain't never heard of this place. Well, the top three residential people moved over to real. Yeah, like they Zuber's left. there too, right? Yeah, Zuber. Um, what's her name? Majors, and then what? Then the third one, all moved over. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. Yeah, like the, I mean, they left Kevin Williams, which is like yeah, the bro. best bet of yeah. our city, and they're like, nah, bro. Well, and and I think that's what made it powerful, is that they left Keller Williams, and so it was like. People don't just leave Keller Williams. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they do. But, like, the caliber of teams that was leaving was like, yeah, just, there's some shit here. You know what I mean? And then as time started going, I think after, like, Darren and Cam had went there, I think probably, like, two weeks later they went uh, they went live or they became um, – they went public, oh. real. And I was like, oh, power move <laughs> before they even went public. You know what I mean? So And um, so Grant Cardone did the same thing with EXP. And, I mean, again, power move. Mm-hmm. He did he did the same thing with EXP back when EXP was smaller. Like as it was like on the way up, he's mm-hmm. like, I'm with EXP. I guess that motherfucker's got his real estate license. I don't know. Like but, probably... hey, you sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to be a part of some good shit. All right. That's why I said I might get my license just to be, you know, you get started getting ownership and uh and I think that was the biggest play. The, the big play, obviously, their stock options were pretty solid. Huh? Their, their stock, stock options, options, the ability to create as as realtors, you don't you don't have a retirement. Unless you build it, then let's be real. A lot of in a lot of real estate investors weren't in. A lot of real estate agents were not investors. None of which them. blew your mind. Yeah, right. And so that's what opened it up for a lot of investors to go get their license because there's a huge niche there. We need to teach these people who do real estate transactions for a living how to do them for themselves mm-hmm. and create some type of wealth instead of helping everybody else create wealth. Well, and not have to work till you like and not have to work till you like seven in in a in a job or a profession that doesn't give you a retirement at all. I mean, you're you're just a glorified, I mean you're just a high-level salesman. Yeah. Or high paid salesman. You know what I mean? And so by them being able to do that, I lost my goddamn train of thought. (laughs) By them being able to do that, um that's where real kind of helped out because now you're able to get uh um stocks in that in that um, brokerage, yeah. which will help, it, which will work essentially as a retirement. On top of your, de- so what I like it for is your downline. Mm-hmm. So it's an MLM because like now, like I think it goes down five levels. Mm-hmm. I'm, I may be wrong, but so like, so if this person brings on that person, that person brings on that person, that person brings on that person. So it's probably only three. Oh, so that's bigger than your team. Yeah. So like, so you bro, can have a big ass team and fucking kill it. Bro, but if you got three saying. extensions to your team. Yeah. Like you are. Woo! Ooh. When I say that's like a real like money play, dude, and then yeah. you get you get cuts from all of their transactions. Mm-hmm. Now that's what really really starts to be like, oh my god, that's the powerful shit. Wow. Okay. Um. Well, shit. Where are we at on time wise? We got four minutes. What was mm-hmm. the last four thing minutes going? Oh, I got some shit. I, I'm making a reel about that Kim Kardashian phrase. That people are going to get up and get up and go work. 
Yeah, I mean, I, hey, right, hey, that's the start of it all. How you gonna hate on it, uh, bro? All right, so I'll, I'll, say, it, I'll right? say it right now. I'll say it right now. All y'all out there getting your backs blown out for free. <laughs> <coughs> Kim K, like, no matter what you say, I don't see anyone else who's parlayed what they've done into billions. Yeah, you can say, "Oh, get your ass. family though." For the family. family. Like, so you can say all these things. Like, even with Trump, bro, no one has parlayed what Trump has parlayed into what he has. Yeah. You can talk all this shit. Oh, he inherited some money. You know, anybody can, I'm not going to say anybody can inherit money, but like anybody can inherit money and not do shit with it. Not do shit with it. And so, like, you say, oh, yeah, well, Kim Kardashian got, she was born rich and then she got famous off a sex tape. Bro. Plenty of people make sex tapes, and nobody and nobody gets rich. Nobody get rich off sex tapes. Nobody and nobody gets rich. But for her, to so what made her rich though? Like you know what I mean? Like what? Like what made it? What made so she get the sex tape? I mean, yes, it's with Ray J. So I mean, you got well. I mean, she really wasn't nobody really at the but time. But she wasn't like anybody at the time. But Ray J was. But but let's be real. Always punch up. We, but we got a lot of basketball players. We got let's use my man over there and uh, that was in Cleveland. Was his Tristan whatever that just had this baby with this one girl and now he got to pay like sixty five thousand dollars a month or something like that. Um, so like girls get knocked up by like rich niggas all the time, right? But the glow ain't like that. No, I mean bro. But you, Kim, she didn't get knocked up, but she made a sex tape with a rich nigga. And what has that become? And that, and that blew up. Like, what, did she, she, she what did she do different? Because think about it: the girls that's 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 be sleeping with some of these pro athletes, and then they get this child support for this next eighteen years. Like, that's low key small play. Because Kim didn't even have a baby by him, and, blew, and, <laughs> and made more, and made more off of it. I mean, what is she, I think like is does she own Skims? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Skims is worth a billion. And I think she got a percentage of of Yeezy. Right, so she has a percentage of Yeezy mm-hmm. Skims. She, I mean. Even people talk shit about her being stupid. Like, bro, she talked to the president about prison reform. Yeah. She talked to Donald Trump about prison reform. And she got actually people released. From yeah, prison from prison. With, with that, yeah. So, I mean, okay, that's another parlay. So, like, all you guys are saying, she oh, she, team. she had a good team. You guys are saying, oh, she was born rich. Oh, you got rich off a of sex tape. Like, all right, let me see your OnlyFans. Like, like what are you doing mm-hmm. to parlay, like, what you're doing to turn into Kim? Yeah, her sex tape wasn't even that, that like, that awesome. So right. it wasn't even like she like like it wasn't you know what I mean it was <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even like she was on there and just like oh that's the, she the best average she the goat you know what I mean right it was like, <laughs> she she just turned the best profit off of it her marketing but, her marketing and the spin off of it but she and hey. building her fucking brand so I don't want to hear any of it all yeah, saying yeah. oh Kim like you just get up and work you inherited all this money she, I don't. You having sex with your husband for free every day. Yeah. That broke ass dude <laughs> down the street every day. That bum ass dude you've been oh, talking to for four man. years every day. Hey you, better, hey, you better watch out. You're gonna set a lot of people up. There's gonna be a bunch of sex tapes out there with people that shouldn't be sex tapes, but you're just trying to blow up. Hey, no, you about to have people out there getting divorced, but <laughs> people getting trapped in the sex tapes, people out there doing things they ain't supposed to be doing. It's bro, it's irritating though, because everybody's like trying to attack her. And I guess, I mean, I have no reason to attack, but like you, I is that what that meme is? Huh? Is that what that meme is for? Like, they get up and and go work. So everybody's coming after her for it. Oh, I thought it was more like 
when I seen her, I'm like, get up and work. I'm like, yeah, she got up and work, made that sex tape, bro. She set for life, like, bro. And I'm she thinking, fucking thinking, worked. I'm thinking they just motivating people to like go find your niche. <laughs> no, bro. Like I've seen several different people like post like, oh, how could she say this? Blah blah blah. Get up and work with like their eyes rolling and shit. Like, what? What do you mean? Like, what do you? I mean, so like the she actually legitimately laid out a path for you. Mm-hmm. All these other fucking people with picture, pictures of their feet on OnlyFans lit up a path for you. Like, you bitching that they make money, but you don't. They say it all the time. Everybody can pl- Everybody, here's the thing. There's a, there's, there's a roadmap to success. There's people that have done it, and all you have to do is do the exact same thing. Jason said it perfectly. Like, it, Henry, I think, said it too. Yeah, I didn't try to put my own spin to it. Oh, I don't like this line in the script. I'm going to switch out this line. I don't like the way that they anchored, so I'm just going to go a little bit higher because it's uncomfortable the way they anchored it so low. Well, motherfucker, it's a winning formula. So, and uh, and if, you're not winning right now. And you so winning. stop trying to put your fucking twist on a winning formula when you ain't even got one. Right. And I mean, if you disagree with it morally, that's up to you, but that still doesn't mean you can hate on it. No. It still it doesn't. Because, I mean, it worked. And it got that person to where you want to be. Right. So why wouldn't you do what they did? To get to where you want to be. And now you're mad because your baby daddy broke. <laughs> Shit's wild. Hey, man, get your ass up and go work. Get get your ass up and go to work. Jeez. Man, charge some people some goddamn money. Jesus Christ. I think that's it, man. Bro, that's it. I mean, that's... Get your ass up and go work. That's <laughs> me on my... What is it? That's me on my soapbox telling people to get up and go work. That was a fun Quit way. That was a good way, fun way to end this one. All right, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Wait, you got anything else? Don't forget to share. Don't forget to like. We have a meetup tonight at four. Well, we have a meetup this afternoon in like three hours at four. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I got my first speaking engagement. There uh, you go. Out in at an event in Utah on March twenty eighth. Hit okay. me up if you're interested. For sure. We got the winning mastermind out. Mm-hmm. Send me a DM saying when. If you're interested in joining the winning mastermind, you're ready to take your real estate business and all of your other businesses in life to the next level. Let's do it. We got a 16-year-old making $30,000. Oh, sorry. 17-year-old made $30,000 off his first deal. That's awesome. Uh, me, it's pretty simple, man. It's the same thing every, every time. Um, if you're looking to take your wholesaling business or just your business in general, your real estate business to the next level, uh, you need to pull lists, make uh, run comps, look at, you know, looking, looking at comparables, skip tracing, all that good stuff, man. You get all that stuff through uh, PropStream. They got a seven-day free trial. Um, just go to MainlineComps.com. Um, again, that's MainlineComps.com. Um, again, I get you that seven-day free trial. And that is about it, man. If you guys got any deals out there, feel free to shoot them our way. Uh, we'd love to be able to take a look at it, be able to help you analyze them um, if need be. And uh, Put your questions in the Facebook group. Yeah. That's, yeah, put your questions in the fucking Facebook group. Yeah, that's Facebook group. Let me know the Facebook free group. agent is just free agent REI, free right? Agent REI. Yeah. Free agent REI, free agent REI. I mean, because that's where um I think you should do it number one, so other people can see like what's going on, like because mm-hmm. then the group and the collective can learn from like whatever is going on when we answer. That's yeah. why I love Facebook groups. That's true. Because then you can go back, like even in like some of these, you can go back really, really far. Oh, you search it. So yeah, and like it's like a Google, deal. it's like Google of like wholesaling, whatever. Like someone. There are some stupid questions, excuse me. But that's the place to ask them, though. But that's the place to that's ask them. That's the place them. to ask them. And do yeah. not let those old fucks fucking get on you. Like the people who like shit on people for asking stupid questions. Well, here's, a, here's the thing. And I, and I, and I am going to set that clear. 
I don't know, some of y'all might forget, forgot that I was a teacher at some point. And each classroom got their, their set of rules. And it's the same thing with our Facebook group. Um, our Facebook group is a safe environment. So I don't care if you're a novice investor, you're a veteran investor, someone puts a question in our Facebook group, it's all treated the same because I want, ultimately I want everyone to feel um, safe to ask a stupid question and learn and learn from it. And if you're not someone that can tolerate a quote unquote dumb question, then I highly recommend you don't, don't join our group. No, you, you just got to get out because, because the disrespect won't be tolerated. I mean, it's a zero tolerance. So if I see it, I'll delete you and I'll remove you. Um, cause I need everyone to feel safe in order to be able to ask questions in that group. That's, I mean, and you don't realize how much you don't, how much, you know, I'll say that like, we don't realize how much we know until you hear some of the questions. Like, yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. I'm looking to learn from people too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, we don't know enough to like disregard any, everything, no. you know what I mean? Like I'm looking to learn too. So if you're a person, honestly, who thinks that you got the shit figured out, like we don't want you in our group anyway. You know what I mean? Like just good luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you think you know it all, like don't come to our group because our group is going to be all about growth and 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 pulling people up with us. So if you're not on that wavelength, then to be honest with you, you won't last long in that group anyway. So just don't even join it. And you can catch his hands. <laughs> and you can catch, me and Mike coming. That's right. And you can catch his hands. So that'll be it, man. But yeah, join the Facebook group if you're looking to grow, man. We, we, we I'm excited to be able to help a lot of people in that group. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. See you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Free Agent Real Estate Investing Podcast. Don't forget to give us a five-star review. If you would like to stay in touch with Stratton and myself, follow us on Instagram. And please be sure to subscribe to our Free Agent REI Podcast YouTube channel and give us a thumbs up.